Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns. I am the worship pastor at Compass Point Bible Church. And with me today is Paul Eastwood. How are you, Paul? I'm doing great. Thanks. Great. We are both in our home studios, um, aka your office and my living room. <laughs> and we are uh, jumping into the podcast again. Um, yeah. This is our second week that we've been talking about the story of Esther. Kind of this crazy little book in the Bible, which tells a story that doesn't actually mention God by name. Um, do you want to give us a little bit about what, what you were uh, talking about on Sunday, Paul? Yeah, so we were continuing the book of Esther, like you said, the story about God that doesn't mention God, which is pretty cool. Um, but uh, we recognized last week we talked about this idea that even though God seems like he's out of the picture, he's very much in the picture. And so then the next question is, okay, what do we do with that? Um, so I started with this idea that I think, and, and, you know, I understand that people are, are in different situations and, you know, we're, we all are facing some, some weird things right now, but I think that generally speaking, it's easy for us to fall into this pattern where we see the day that we're facing as a series of problems to get through Hmm. rather than an opportunity to be a part of God's plan. And so I started with this idea of like, what if we considered every day as an opportunity to come alongside God and be a part of what he's up to rather than seeing each day as a series of problems to get through? And and so um, I talked about this idea of perspective. And I understand that when you start talking about perspective, we have to be really careful because I am not suggesting that, you know, you know, just, you know, think differently and everything will be great. Um, mm-hmm. But I am suggesting that because at the same time, I, I, I'm not I'm not trying to minimize it or say that this is an easy thing to do. Um, but I am saying that I think that our perspective can really change the way that we face uh, our time sort of quarantined or our time in our homes or whatever it is. Uh, yep. But I think that it, it, it really takes us thinking outside of ourselves. Right. And, hmm. and trying to think of the bigger picture, because the, the story of Esther reminds us that there's a bigger picture that's going on. So if there's a bigger picture going on, then what do we do with that? Right. That that's what we tried to get at on Sunday. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, a, a lot of this again comes back to this stuff we've been talking about. We talk about it lots that God is in control, um, and that doesn't doesn't mean. Uh, so if you're if you're on social media and reading some of the articles, there's been a great NT Wright article that's gone around about how. Um, there isn't necessarily an answer or reason for this coronavirus and what's right. going on in our world today. Um, we're actually asked not to give an answer, but just to understand that God's in control and to, in the midst of it, you know, we practice lament. We practice, this is broken. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And yet we do that with a confidence that God is in control. And uh, yeah, we just kind of, we understand that that's going on. We're, we're not hopeless, but no. we also don't have to have perfect answers for everything. Yeah. 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 And I think so, we talked about that last week, right? And and yeah. and I think that's, it's powerful, but it's it's a little bit more difficult for us to wrap our heads around because because ultimately, I think what we're seeing in this whole, um, you know, coronavirus uh, thing that we're facing right now is the the issue of a lack of control. And I think that's the mm-hmm. key, because we feel like, you know, we we want to control things. Um, it's and generally speaking, especially here in North America, we do a pretty good job of controlling things. But yeah. what this what the coronavirus reminds us of is that we're not ultimately in control. There are some things that mm-hmm. are beyond our control. And so there's a there is a real value in kind of sitting in that place, recognizing, hey, I can't figure this out and I don't have the answers and I'm OK with that. And that, that I yeah. think is really important for us, because I think I think when we start to say, oh, this is because of God's judgment or this is because of you know whatever it is. 
that's an attempt for us to control the situation. And I think yeah, we need to exactly. name it and recognize it and just kind of sit back and say, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to jump to those conclusions. I'm going to mm-hmm. look at each day as an opportunity to come alongside God and what he's doing um, and, and engage in that larger picture. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Um, so, you know, in the middle of this, uh, this book is this, is this pivotal conversation between Mordecai and Esther, right? Yeah. And this is kind of where we see uh, both that Mordecai trusts inherently that God is at work, right? Because he kind of says, you know, I, I know that God's going to save us one way or the other. Yeah. Um, but maybe, just maybe, Esther, this is your time. Maybe this is yeah. what you should should do. And Esther kind of says, you're right. If I die, I die. Great. I'm going to I'm gonna give it a shot. Yeah. Um, Again, I think this is a, a huge, hugely important passage for us. How do we, how do we take that? I mean, I know, I, I'm, I'm assuming it doesn't mean we should be reckless. I know there was just a, uh, a megachurch pastor down in Florida who was arrested for holding services and having thousands of people in the building because he said, you know, God's got this. If, if, we, if something bad happens, we die. Is that the same thing as what Esther's saying? If I die, I die? Or, or how is it we live differently? Yeah, no, I and and I don't think that Esther has this um it is reckless in the sense that she's not just mustering up the strength. When she says if I die I die, I don't believe that in that moment she's just kind of saying, "Well, I'm just going to see what happens and I'm going to go out there." She's already done a number of things. And what I talked about on 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 Sunday was this idea that um you know, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't that she mustered up the strength. She actually was pretty confident that she was moving into a direction that was going to, to be a, have a positive outcome. Yep. And, and so for, for, uh, for her, I think there was three things that she did. Um, she had a reason for her confidence. So three steps, she was getting informed. So the beginning, she noticed that, that Mordecai was out at the city gates and she was like, I want to know what's fine. What's going on there? Like, why is this yeah. happening? What's going on? Um, and then the second thing is she had this bigger picture in mind. She said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get all the people together. I'm going to get them to pray and fast while we do this. Um, and I'm going to get my people to do this as well, because before we go into this, we need to recognize that God's in control and I'm not. And that put her in a proper perspective. And then I think one of the keys that's really interesting in the story is that she was patient. She Hmm. didn't just rush in and say, okay, I know what God's doing here and I'm going to do this. And because remember, the, she goes to the king the first time and the king says to her, hey, anything you want, you can get, which is a huge surprise to her. And she might yeah. be thinking, well, okay, well, I'm going to just blurt it all out. She doesn't. She says, uh, let's go to a dinner. And he says, okay, we'll do that. She goes to that first dinner and it's like, she doesn't blurt it out again. She says, you know what, let's have another dinner. And we don't know exactly why she was making that decision, whether she lost mm-hmm. her nerve or maybe she was just feeling like, you know, like... Um, is not the right time. It didn't come up. I wasn't ready for it. Or maybe she was sensitive to, to God's leading. Maybe it was a prayerful thing where she be, went to every meeting waiting and, and wondering. But what we do know is when we look back on the situation, the timing was perfect. When mm-hmm. she finally did bring it up, it was the exact right moment because of what Haman was doing and Mordecai was doing and Xerxes was doing. And so yep. everything all came together right in the exact right moment. Yep. So so getting back to the original question, is this about being reckless? No, absolutely not. At no point does Esther just rush into things. She's very patient, mm-hmm. she's informed, and she's prayerful and thinking of the bigger picture. And I think that's the way that we can approach this with a confidence that's underlying, but not an overconfidence that comes across as, you know, brash or arrogant or um or out of touch. 
Yeah. So like that's that's kind of how I see her interacting with it. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, really good. So I mean, to kind of put some real world application on this and to take it out of the ancient Near Eastern um, placement and put it into ours, uh, how how do you think we're being called to live into this moment today that we find ourselves in? Uh, and I I'm, I say that kind of generally because I know everyone yeah. is finding the moment slightly different uh, and has different kind of consequences and different things, but. But are there some general principles or, or things that you think as you look around at the world that, that God could be doing, that we could be a part of? Yeah. So there, there's two answers to that question. I think the first answer um, is sort of specific to our situation. I, I think that what we can see from the book of Esther in her, in her account is that we only really understand what God was up to when we look back. In mm. the moment, it's really difficult to understand that. So the yep. question of like, what is God doing right now in this moment? I don't know. Um, but I think mm-hmm. that when we look back on this, there will be some, um, you know, there will be some some ways that we see things happening in a positive light. I think there's going to be some great stories. I mean, yep. we've already heard great stories coming out of this. So, so specifically, I don't think we know exactly what God is up to. But I would say that generally speaking, we know what our next step is. Hmm. Because the Bible's really clear about, what it is that we are supposed to do. So individually, I look at a a chapter or uh, something like Romans 12 that reminds us to live our lives sacrificially, to continually give ourselves over to what he wants and to uh, reorient ourselves and recalibrate our minds, right? This idea of just kind of continually putting things before God. That's, we know that. We also know that the Bible uh, is very clear that the church is going to be the way that God reaches the world. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and so we've, we have this idea of like the church, you know, we, the church is obviously us as people. And so the cliche that you've heard before is this is where we move from just going to church to being the church. Yep. And, and I think, I know that's kind of cliche and, and simplistic, but I think it's actually really appropriate right now Hmm. because it allows us to say, okay, so what is the church's goal? While the church is the, the mission for the church, isn't something we get to make up. It's something that God has established for us. Great commission, great commandment. He yep. calls us to love him, love other people, and then tell people about Jesus, right? So those those things are, are the things that we need to do uh, on a regular basis. So the question is, okay, well, what's God up to? I don't know exactly, but what is our part? Well, we need to start showing people the love of God. We need to mm. represent him well to the people around us. We need to paint a great picture of who he is, but it takes being intentional. Yep. And I use the example in, in, the, in the message about you know, ducks on a, on a stream that are just being whipped along by the, by the currents. It's really easy for us to just sit in the middle of this and just be like, okay, well, let's see where this goes. Mm -hmm. But what we're called to do as followers of Jesus is to actually, you know, start swimming, start acting, start going against the current, start going, you know, in different directions. But where we go is love people, love our neighbors, demonstrate, you know, the love of God and help people see who he is. So to me, I think what we're to do is actually really simple and clear. Hmm. Um, what God's up to, we don't know yet, but I think it's a really neat thing to find that out as we go along. Yeah. So how has that, uh, that worked itself out in your life in these last couple of weeks, Paul? Um, it's easy to say, love God, love your neighbors. Um, do you have any practical, like, and again, this doesn't necessarily mean we all need to be doing what you're doing, but, but what does it look like or how is God prompting you in this time? Yeah. That's a good question. Like that's a good question because, like you said, it's it it will be different for for all of us. I think in some ways, um, 
like I asked uh, uh, one of our pastors, uh, uh, Brad, to come up with some ideas about things that we could do during this time. Mm-hmm. And he talked about a lot of different things um, about, you know, from the very beginning, the simple one is about trying to, um, you know, like help our neighbors by taking groceries to them if they need it. Um, yep. Or maybe, you know, writing uh, a note to people of encouragement. I've I've seen people, uh, I, I know for me personally, what it's meant is I've just been calling my family more often, you know, like hmm. my parents and um, making phone calls uh, has always been a really, that's been a really interesting one. Um, but even little things like, you know, giving to organizations who might be hit a little harder right now um, during yeah. this time. Um, yep. it, it might look like, um, you know, someone was saying that they, they started reading books uh, <laughs> to, you know, having their kids read some books and then sharing those with, with other people. Yep. Um, just spending time thinking about the ways that we can uh, show love to people that are around us. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different ideas. So one of the one of the cool things that's happened to us that we have yet to reciprocate uh, and do for others, but been really really cool and really helpful. A neighbor down the street dropped off a little bag with a couple activities for our kids. Um, these little yeah. cutout uh, cardboard dinosaur and unicorn. Um, just something to to say, hey, we're thinking about you guys. Hope you're well. Um, yeah. And here's something to keep your kids busy. With as parents of kids, elementary age kids is you know it's a huge blessing to us. It's a wonderful thing. Um, yeah, and that's been a cool way. And we've been, we've been dreaming as a family. How is it, how is it we can write notes to people? Um, how is it we can write notes on our sidewalk that are encouraging to the people who, who are still out and walking around and walking by? Um, you know, what, what kind of things can we do to reach out? I mean, set up zoom calls. Do we do, do we do dinners with friends where we just put a laptop on the table and cook a meal together and kind of enjoy each other's company? Uh, and it's, it's hard, right? We're all experimenting with, new technologies and, and things that are uncomfortable for us these days. But it's also yeah. one of the things I'm loving about this season, even in, in my job uh, at the church here, is it's forcing me to think through, okay, how are these technologies usable and helpful? And in what ways are yeah. these technologies limited? What are the things that we need to lean into when we're together? How does this change the way we meet together on a Sunday morning? Which is part of what it is to be the church is to meet together. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And how does this change what we do throughout the week? What our discipleship looks like? What our patterns of prayer and, and reading and loving others look like? Yeah. Um, and there's something about this, I mean, this almost quarantined life most of us are living right now, uh, if not fully quarantined, that's, that's kind of forcing us to take stock of what matters and what doesn't. Yeah. Um, and to get creative. And I, yeah. I am enjoying that. It's exhausting sometimes, but I'm enjoying the, the challenge in that. Yeah. Um, and I do think the world's going to be different when we go back and God will have used this time to reshape some things uh, and it'll create new opportunities to be on mission and to love people. Um, and that's just, yeah. that's so good. So I, yeah, I would just encourage anyone who's listening, be aware of that, be aware of what's changing around you and how it's yeah. opening doors. There's a lot of people right now asking more questions about the meaning of life and what it is to be human than there were three weeks ago just by nature of the fact that everyone's life has been turned up on end. um, You know, that gives you an opportunity to talk to the people in your life about, about your faith and about what we believe the Bible tells us uh, that you probably didn't have recently. So yeah, yeah, maybe maybe God's doing some cool stuff there. 
And I think a good jumping off point for those conversations is around the issue of control. Because I think, you know, like Mm -hmm. we talked about at the beginning, whether people are saying it or not, the reason they're asking these questions is because life is beyond their control. They don't, they don't have, they can't do the things that they expected, like, and they can't solve the problem. You know, no, no one person um, is going to solve this problem right now. Um, So it's forcing us to, to think differently about that. And so I think that's a good way, a good jumping off point to have conversations with people is about this idea of control and saying that, yeah, you know, isn't Mm -hmm. it interesting that we don't have as much control as we think we do. Right. I mean, even with our health, even with, you know, we can't just exercise and be the, you know, like Iron Man, we, we have to, like, there are other things that, you know, that are at play here, but I would also say just as to, to, to put a bow on that whole kind of idea of, you know, what yep. do we do instead right now? I think the simple thing to do is to, is to make sure that we're spending time thinking about other people. That's to me, that's mm-hmm. the, 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 the marker for us as followers of Jesus should be that we don't spend our time in quarantine, just thinking about ourselves, yeah. that we start opening that up and thinking about the people that are around us. Yeah. And I, I just to, to put a little note on that, I, yeah. I know, there are many people struggling with anxiety and trying to find good mental health practices and good kind of self-care. I think that's important in this season, but I actually think one of the best ways to find good mental health and good self-care is is also thinking about others and and practicing what you can to love others. Even if it's picking up the phone and, and yeah. saying, hey, I, I just need someone to talk to, yeah. that can be a huge blessing for someone else as well. Yeah. Um, and, so, and I, I would yeah. say, you know, you asked about the question about what what's changed and what do we think mm. about during this time and all that stuff. I think I think we also, you know, uh, I I think that the online opportunities that we have right now are fantastic and they are life giving for so many people to be able to see a face and have a conversation. Yep. Uh, my kids don't even know of a time where you, you could, you know, like where you would have to actually dial a phone and not see the person on the other side. I mean, that's just normal for people. Yep. And so technology brings us together and gives us so many things. I, I think we also have to maintain a level of um, of uh, of just an awareness all the way through this. Like you said, asking questions about, okay, what does this mean? Um, because I think that when all this is done, um, I think we also have to maintain that connection face-to-face. We have to think about... Yeah what does that look like when I, you know, I'm with you and, and I'm able to kind of uh, to interact with you and show compassion and all of those things. Mm-hmm. And what is the importance again of, of gathering and worshiping together? Um, yeah. we, we've talked about this a, a bunch, Paul, but I mean, while we love gathering online and being able to provide yeah. an opportunity to worship together, we think it would, it would really be bad if we got to the end of this and everyone thought, well, you know, online church is pretty good. We don't really need to attend. No, no, yeah. no. We absolutely need to gather together. And yeah. I am so looking forward to being able to hear others' voices in worship yeah. and to talk to people face-to-face. And I think that's, again, part of being human is that face-to-face relational yeah. thing. And that's part of why this season is so hard for so many of us is we're lacking that. Yeah. And I, and I, I think you're, you're, you're absolutely right on that. It's, it's a, it's a very interesting time for sure. Um, but you know, I, I, and you know, just, just to make, let it, let everybody know, like we've made some decisions about how we want to produce our, uh, services on Sunday. Um, we're, we're purposefully not having them available, uh, during the week, uh, in terms of the entire service, we're going to mm-hmm. go back to just that place of where we post the, the, the sermon, if you want to hear that. But what we're trying to do, to be honest, is to make sure that Sunday morning at 10 a.m. becomes a regular routine for us where we Mm -hmm. it's not just about, okay, I've got the I've got at my fingertips on the Internet access to all kinds of information and content that, you know, just goes on and on and on. 
Um, and we want we don't want to become a people that just uh, pick and choose for ourselves, find what's most, you know, what works with my schedule and my time and my, 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 yep. my, me, 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 and and really uh, figure out ways to intentionally make sure that we continue to come together, which I think is, as you said, really important. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a great place to end there, Paul. Um, anything else you want to yeah. say really briefly? Yeah, I just want to say, I want to remind you that, you know, in a book, the book of Ephesians, it says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. And then in, in, um, you know, we began the whole year from first Peter uh, chapter four, verse 10, it says, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Mm. It reminds me of this passage where uh, Mordecai said to um, this young uh, woman, you know, who knows, but maybe God has you in this moment for such a time as this. And I want to encourage all of you out there, whether you are young, uh, old, it doesn't matter. Each one of us can be used by God uh, in some pretty amazing ways. And every day we have this opportunity to see our life around us as opportunities. And who knows, maybe God has you in the situation that you're in today for such a time as this. And so my prayer for you is that we all uh, get informed and uh, stay connected to God and look for opportunities to make him proud and reflect him to the people around us. Awesome. Well, thanks, Paul. And thanks for everyone to listening along who's listening along. Um, That is our postscript for this week. And we will be back next week with more. Talk to you then.